Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. With over 150 new and used cars to choose from, along with the full Renault commercial van range and competitive finance packages available within one hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors Inner Relief Road Dundalk. You're very welcome to Tuesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let me begin today's show by reading you some words written by my first guest. Today is World Autism Awareness Day and all over the place there will be buildings lighting up, blue or gold or not at all. There will no doubt be articles in the media about the positives of autism and very little coverage of the negatives as today is a day for celebration, right? This year I'm not asking you to wear blue or gold or puzzle pieces or infinity symbols or anything else. I'm asking you to show understanding, that you show compassion, that you show empathy and that you give support where you can. I'm not a blessed parent nor a cursed parent. I'm not a saint who will go straight to heaven for all I have done. I am a parent for whom the books don't prepare. I'm a parent for whom the systems don't support. I'm a parent for whom the sat-nav of life is taking the scenic route. I have five amazingly different children and every day for them presents challenges. Their challenges differ, but their attitude to them is pretty much the same. They take it on the chin and they learn the hard way usually, but they learn. They then take that learning and use it to enable others. They are my teachers and they are forgiving when I get things wrong. Autism in your child is a game changer and the game has no rules. We play 24-7 and this is our game of life. Those are the words, the beautiful words of Carol Lennon, who's mum to four children who live with autism and she's on the line with me this afternoon. Afternoon, Carol. Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. Nice to talk to you again. You say at the start of those lovely words there that uh, today is a day for celebration and there'll be little of the negatives. Are the negatives still massive? The negatives are really important because I think the media, by and large, shows the positive sides of autism. So they show, you know, Rain Man where he's counting cards and making loads of money. And they show other positives where people are getting jobs and being employed. And I mean, that's not the reality. The reality of autism is that 85% of people with autism are at work. And it's not by choice. It's because employers don't know how to employ people with autism. And people with autism, in general, don't have the skills 
to go through the process of employment interview. You know, I have one son who doesn't speak. He is selective mute. So there's about 19 people in the world that he speaks to. And I don't know how his interviews are going to go when the time comes. You know, mm. <laughs> we laugh about it now. But I mean, he the, the time is coming. He's coming up to 16 and the time is coming where this is going to have to be addressed by somebody. Yet there is no service available for him. Okay, so employment is when you when you say here today in your words, show empathy, give support. You're talking. This is one area where support is badly needed. Where yeah. boys and girls who live with autism, when it comes to the time, and it's approaching fast, as you said for yourself, th- there's really nothing. This really worries no. you. It, it does. It's. I mean, everything. The, the last twenty years. I mean, we have come on in leaps and bounds as far as far as autism awareness is concerned. So 20 years ago, people with autism didn't go to mainstream schools, and now they do. And it has taken quite a number of years for the adequate support to be placed in schools and for the training of staff within the schools to catch up on itself. So now, in general, a child starting primary school, albeit where there's a primary school place available for them, because that's not always the way, but when they get a placement in a primary school, they are pretty much supported throughout their education and transition program works from primary into secondary school. When they come to secondary school, we are only in the last five years having people with autism who have been mainstreaming throughout with support starting to attend into third level education. There's no transition program for that. Mm. Now, everybody is trying, but nobody really knows what it is they're supposed to do. Nobody really knows what's needed in that piece. Mm. And we encountered this, Tristan now is doing his leaving search this year, and we encountered this when it came to filling in the application forms for support and for CAO and all these other things, because I can't speak on his behalf due to, due to GDPR, and he can't actually do that talking over the phone himself, because he gets so ang- anxious about it that he gets confused, mm. and it doesn't work for him. You know, and I mean, that piece needs to be walked on. And when we have that piece walked on, then we need to transition from third level education or after school education into training programs and into workplace, proper workplace environments. I mean, a lot of people with autism have huge skills, a huge skill set, and they just have a difficulty communicating this initially. And people are not really willing, employers are not really willing to take the chance. So that's one big area and issue oh. on this special day that you want to highlight in particular. Yes. I mean, we, my son, Logan, he did work experience with three different companies for his work experience modules for the um, four-year transition year. And he struggled because it, people's expectation is that he will get engaged and he doesn't. He doesn't speak to people. He doesn't need to speak to people. He can follow instructions and he can carry out the walk without ever having to speak to a person. Mm. And there is no real understanding for that. You know, that's a real impediment for him. Yeah. Is that he, he cannot speak. That's an impediment for him. Okay, and this is a big issue and very important one because what you're looking at, and I, I can just envisage it, you, you mentioned those other supports through the different, the primary, secondary, even for moving on to third level, but then you're at the edge of the cliff, you just fall over, there's nothing. No, there isn't. And an awful lot of the programmes put in place by the HSE 
are suited to a certain category of people with autism. Mm. And they, it doesn't cover other, you know, it, you can't have everything to cover all. But if there was an awareness programme, if people were accepting of it as it is, then there, there, we would be making strides towards a more inclusive environment for everybody. Mm. I, I know you're very close to Trish Flood as well and yeah. uh, uh, you're both deeply involved in this day with different things that are going on going on and this weekend month in particular because it is it runs over the whole month this awareness but today is the very special day um, I, I know Trish wrote in the past about the worries and, and especially the worries as they grow and become adults and yeah. you know as you as parents age and what will become of them is, is that a real you know, a real presence in your life now every day as your crew, and I'm looking at lovely pictures of them here sitting on the desk in front of me, grow up. Yes, it is. I mean, when they're small, your your difficulties are, are big, where your challenges are big. And as they get older, the challenges become different. You know, so it's no longer about um, toilet training them or being able to leave the house with them or them running in front of the car. But the challenges change. You know, now the challenge is are they going to be able to live independently or semi-independently? And if they can, where are they going to live? Because currently we don't actually have very many places for young people who require residential care. They're kind of lumped in with the much older people who are in nursing homes. You know, it's not really a great idea. It's it's not really a good idea. Likewise, supported living accommodation at third level. That's that, that doesn't exist. And that's necessary if we want people with difficulties to transition to third level. Mm. You know, it, it's it's different. It's like I have Nathan as my eldest and he is nearly 23 and he goes to college and he can get up in the morning and go to college and he can navigate the whole campus. He can do everything he needs to do because he doesn't have a communication disorder. Tristan is hoping to go to the same college and I'm hoping he gets there because with Nathan there already, he will have his assistance. Tristan won't qualify for personal assistance as provided by the state and so he's going to have to learn to navigate this on his own which is a real worry for us because we want him to be able to achieve his maximum potential and whether or not I mean at the moment he's walking on going on public transport from Mornington to Drogheda you know that's a challenge for him but he's doing it Mm. and little steps like this is what he needs to take and it's for us, we worry, you know, and he's nearly he's 17, like. Yeah. So then you have Logan, Tegan and Zylan all coming in turn then to, to follow them on at different ages as well. And, 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 and the same issues, you're going to have this repeating itself. Well, the thing is, for Tristan, he was one, like, he's, because he's 17 and because mainstream and had only just started just previous to him starting school, the others have an advantage in that by the time they got there, we had kind of beaten the track, so I knew where I was going. Yeah. Tristan is the one that brings me on the tour, the scenic route, you know, because I don't really know where I'm going with this, and he's the guinea pig for us. Where the others, I have, I know I know how to fill in the forms, and I know that I need that piece of paper that we had stamped back in 2011. I know I need that in two years' time. 
So I have two years to find. <laughs> you know, this time I only had ten days to get that one. So I, I, I you're, you know what I love your humour and, and the way your your outlook on life that obviously assists you coping every day with what you have to deal with. But I see what you're saying. You knock down one wall and then the way is clear yeah. for the next one and the next one, and then you have to face the next obstacle. And, like, yeah. Tristan, Tristan comes up against the most challenges. Yes. And he, no, I mean, he is really understanding and he knows, that's what I said, they teach me every day and they're forgiving when I get it wrong. So it, it's not, it, it's quite common for me to say, look, I made a mistake on that. But can we reverse and try an alternative path? And that's what we do. I mean, most parents lay the path for their children. But parents of children with autism, when they're laying the path, they don't really know the gauntlet that they're going to have to run in order to set that path. Yeah. You know, and it, that's really difficult. I mean, this morning, we, myself and Trish and another few mammies were doing an awareness day down in Kalashnikov-Lornamara in Balbriggan, where Tegan attends. She wanted to bring her service dogs to school, so we brought in all the service dogs today and introduced them to the kids to spread awareness. So now all of the children in that school know that Tegan has autism. They know what her difficulties are, and she's quite happy for them to know. And I'm confident that going forward, school will be a far more pleasurable experience for her. Because she won't feel like she has to hold herself in all day, that people understand why she responds or reacts how she responds and reacts. Yes. You know, it's things like that. It's being given opportunities to speak to the general public when things are just mediocre. We don't have to have a huge achievement to talk about this, nor do we have to wait till something dire happens. I mean, usually when autism is featured in the media, it's because something fantastic has happened or something terrible is happening. And it's nice to see there is a middle ground. You know, we're not all, we don't go from crisis to crisis every time, although sometimes that's how it feels. <laughs> how do you laugh? We're going to be talking about laughing yoga, you know, on the show in a, li- in a little while. How, uh, you know, your outlook, anytime I've met you and even talking to you today, I just get that from you. And look what you have to deal with every day. You have five children, you know, and four of them on the spectrum as well. How do you get through it? What sustains you? What well, keeps you going? When when I had my first child, I was 17. So Nathan was 23 and I'm 17 years older than he is. Um, when I had Tristan, they, the services told me there was nothing wrong with Tristan. Now, there isn't anything wrong with him. He's autistic. That's not wrong. It's just different. But they told me there was nothing wrong with him, that it was my parenting. Now, I have been consistent from day one because Tristan, whilst I had Nathan already, Tristan taught me everything I needed to know about being a consistent parent and the importance of being consistent. So we do laugh. I mean, when I make a mistake, we laugh about it because if we were to do any alternative, should we be dead already? Mm. You know, I mean, we can't sit in the under the willow tree, you know, we need to say, right, well, we've learned this, let's move on. And we do move on. I mean, we everything is challenging and we overcome challenges on a daily basis. I think that's terrific what you've all been at today in Balbriggan and yeah. uh, the difference that is going to make to Tegan's life and that should be made to every child's life who, yeah. who, who is on the autism spectrum. I want to ask you about the service dog you mentioned there. Yeah. Uh, how important is the dog to Tegan? She saved our family life. She absolutely, that four-legged hairball that's in the boot of my car being really good, <laughs> saved our family life. She came into our life in February 2015 and turned our life around. We are now in a position where Tegan 
when we were going outside. We couldn't have brought Tegan out unless there was two adults, the supervisor, because she was that quick and she was that fast climbing and running that I couldn't have done it on my own, as well as having four, three other children with special needs. But um, when we got Oaks, it was a game changer, total game changer. And she walks every day and she walks really hard every day. And the bond between Tegan and Oaks is phenomenal. And it's walking. Now, when we're going out, we can say, are we bringing Oaks? And Tegan decides whether or not she needs the dog. And some days she'll say, no, I'm okay to do this together on my own. And some days she'll say, yes, we need her with us. And we go, we allow Tegan to make that decision because it's her service and her say. And she makes her decisions and we follow up and it works. And is she one-to-one with Tegan or do the others gain any benefit from her? They all, the, the dog gives benefits to everybody in the house. I mean, I wasn't a dog person. I'm more a cat person myself. But Oggs came into our family. Zylan comes in from school. He's the youngest and he comes in at half two. And if he's had a bad day, the first thing he'll do is lie down beside the dog and hug the dog and tell the dog all of his worries and all of his woes. And Logan, who's selectively mute, he goes out, he walks the dog every evening and that gives him an opportunity to be in social situations. So he may not respond to people, but his anxiety lowers when he has folks with him as a companion. And Tristan likewise. Tristan comes in from school and if he's had a tough day, he'll sit down with the dog and just rub her for half an hour or so to settle himself down. And that's what she does. She walks for everyone in the family. I mean, if I'm having a bad day, the dog will sit at my feet so much so that when I stand up, I fall over you know, she knows when she's needed. When she's needed, she's there. She's the torch parent. <laughs> four legs, she has. <laughs> what a description and, that is. Yeah, she, that's what she's like. She's like the torch mm. parent. She tells on them when they're doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing by barking. Yeah. She's great. But that image you paint there of Xylan yeah. uh, coming in and telling him yeah. or telling her you know his woes of the day or whatever is just yeah. an image that will remain with me I have to say for a while. Look, and we were very privileged, and this is what we were trying to explain to these young people in Colossal Lauren Amara this morning. They were fantastic. They were really great receiving us. Um, and we were explaining to them that the charity, My Canine Companion, is where we sourced our dog, our service dog. And they just give the dog, and what they give to families is the gift of life in often times, in often circumstances. Yes. And it's amazing. I mean, the questions we were asked this morning about the dog brings to realisation exactly how important this four-legged four-ball is. You know, we, we don't always give her the appreciation she deserves, but she absolutely is one of the, the more important members of the family because she has a job to do and she does it well. So there's another very important point to bear in mind on this special day. My canine companion, support yes. them. They are people who provide dogs <laughs> yes, to families like you that make such a yes. difference. And I, I take it people who are, are in the same situation as yourselves can apply for... Oh, they absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know the lists are closed at the moment, and okay. there, but there is the option for an expression of interest. And in a couple of weeks, the list is due to reopen and all expressions of interest will be looked at and walk through. So it, the biggest regret I have is that we didn't get one sooner. Yeah. So. 
Well, but I as want. As I say, I, I have very few regrets. That's only one of them. Well, isn't that just uh, 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 one that is important, but still in the spectrum of uh, issues you've been dealing with all your life and with your children, it's, it's saying that that is one is small in the in the pantheon. Now, let me just read this before we finish. I want to read this these couple of lines again. Yeah. This year, I am not asking you to wear blue or gold or puzzle pieces or infinity symbols or anything else. I am asking that you show understanding, you show compassion, you show empathy and that you give support where you can on those issues. We've been talking to Cara Lennon about this afternoon. Those are her words. I think you're just fantastic and I thank you for joining me and congratulate all the mums and we say hello to Trish Flood and the others as well today on this World Day uh, Autism Awareness Day. Thank you very much for having us. Not at all. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining me, Carol. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That is one wonderful woman, I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen. She really is a special, special lady, Carol Lennon. And today is a very important day for autism around the world and here in Ireland and the North East. Hey, Jerry. I just thought I'd have to say, I thought I noticed a slight hue of green in your eyes this morning when you were reading about uh, Leo Varadkar's letter to Kylie. The and cheek of meeting. him. The bloody cheek of him. He's well, only a, a latter day Kylie fan. And would using you have his done position, the same as Taoiseach? I'd have met her at the airport with a red carpet and a rose. <laughs> She'd probably be minister or something at this stage <laughs> <laughs> if you were. She certainly would. I have a few portfolios she could fill for sure. Minister Miss Kylie. of Entertainment. What about Leo right now? He wrote to her for the, the, the December. The concert, it was the one the that was cancelled. Yeah, yeah, and then she came back in December. Was it December? I can't remember. Was you it were there. Year. Oh, I was at it. Jeez, I was at it. Of course, I've been at it any time she's been in Ireland. Uh, but he, he wrote to her for the first concert and then she had to cancel last minute with the old she had a virus or something and she couldn't sing but she came back he didn't meet her didn't he yeah, yeah. the second time round it was a lovely photo yeah. of, God sorry. almighty I mean yeah. what kind of a in. man is he at all Brad? did you see do you know the thing he did with his age where they said he was 53 yeah. you know he that thing he can't accept it oh he's not accepting it no. did you see that mm. he's having another go at it he wants to come back it's a bit oh, like the referendums that <laughs> is all duck and no knickers I'm telling you for sure it's all about image with that boy that's what it is with Varadkar I don't you know about sure. the no but he definitely uh, has socks <laughs> and by the way no knickers did you see them in the Houses of Parliament yesterday I missed that oh Jesus the, the, the debate was going on about Brexit and these uh, group of people got into the public gallery there's a glass <laughs> facade on it to prevent anybody throwing anything down on top of them so they should load it down on top of them at the minute to be honest with you uh, and they stuck themselves to the glass women and men you could see their bare arses stuck to the glass and <laughs> the MPs looking with super glue it <gasps> took them hours to free them did they I wonder did they think that through <laughs> I don't know don't think so I don't know but my god that place is not a parliament anymore is it they hope they didn't go home with any splinters <laughs> Glass splinters. They're going to be charged, you know, under the Indecency Act, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing that. And what about the Royals? Little story on the Royals today. Oh, I love that it? one. You That's love lovely. it. Yeah, I like Fergie and Andrew. And seemingly they are getting back together. But they have been great friends ever since the, they divorced. What was the phrase they used? They didn't fall out, they fell in. They didn't, you know, you were saying to she me. She put her foot in it. No, no, no about divorce. Oh, yes, yes. She, they divorced... They got divorced. They didn't get divorced from each other. 
but they divorced to each other or something, something like, like that. Something like that. Yeah. Wasn't it a, fa- a phrase like that that they actually used? Yeah. I, I, told, I told them before, I, she's the one royal I've met, Sarah Ferguson, met her in New York. Oh, I did. told that, that was story a lovely before. Story. Remember that story yeah. when I met her when I was over there? Yes, yeah, so they're getting back together. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk with over 150 new and used cars to choose from along with the full Renault commercial van range and competitive finance packages available within one hour. There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors Inner Relief Road, Dundalk. They say laughter is the best medicine and I couldn't agree more. What would life be without a good old laugh? I don't know how I'd get through the working day or through my life. My next guest is now incorporating a good laugh into our yoga classes. I'm delighted to welcome from stepstowellness.ie, Louise Carroll into late lunch. Louise, good to see you. Hi, Jerry. Thanks a million for having me. Look at that smile. <laughs> Look at that smile. That's, you can't beat it. Come on, yoga I've talked about on Late Lunch many times through the years, but laughter, yoga, what's this about? Well, it's basically a very unique concept where we laugh for no reason. So we don't rely on any jokes or any humour, we just laugh as an exercise. So you might have straight-faced people. I think I'm going to laugh at this when you tell me because I laugh at most things. I suppose that's a, a trait in me that maybe annoys some people. Others, well, they, they'd have to take it as it is. So in a serious environment, perhaps, you encourage and induce laughter in people. Oh, yeah. Like I've worked in big corporations or even nursing homes where people don't tend to laugh. They don't find humour in things and I can get them to laugh as an exercise. And what happens then is a lot of the time it will stimulate real laughter. So how do you do it? Uh, well, like, do you want to pro- Yes, try? please. Come on, let's okay. do it. Put one hand on your belly. Yep. Make one it, hand, just one yeah, hand. One yeah, hand okay. on your belly. Make an O shape with your mouth. And I want you to make the ho 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 sound. Ho 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 ho. So you can see now we're making eye contact here. We use lots of eye contact. It really does make you laugh. <laughs> it does make you laugh. Yeah. So that that little just by doing that and gets people going. It gets keep people going. We use different sounds like them. It's very, very simple. Anybody can do laughter yoga. But we use lots of little exercise like things that we do during the day, like wake up and yawn laughter or argument laughter is always a great one. So you point our finger in each other's faces and give out with laughter instead of words. So okay, you get people smiling. That would be giving real, it. Oh, 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 you don't oh, absolutely oh, oh, oh. say that to me again. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah, and it teaches everybody not to be so serious, you know. Okay, where where did you come across this or what is this? Who's come up with this idea? Well, it's around since the 90s. It's global. It mm. was developed by a group of doctors in India in the 90s who are researching laughter and its benefits and came up with the proof that real laughter and fake laughter had the same benefits for your body. So there's lots and lots of health benefits attached to laughter and that's why we do it. So whether you orchestrate it, which you call yeah. fake, and you make people do it, or it happens if someone cracks a joke or you laugh at something, yeah. uh, well, it's the same net effect. The same, and the benefits are amazing health-wise, physically, physically and both mentally. Uh, the benefits are amazing. Like what? Give me a few examples. Um, well, it's a natural pain reliever. So it's actually been used at the minute to complement treatment plans for, ca- for cancer patients. Um, it lo- it's good for your immune system, so health keeps, keeps away the colds and flus. Um, good for your mental health. It's it's just there's nothing 
there's no negative effects to laughter, but it makes you feel great. And it's great for your skin as well. So that old <coughs> saying is a truism. It's true to say that laughter is the best medicine. Oh, big time. And there's no nasty side effects. As no. I said, so it's not like any other pill that you'll take. And, you know, I know it myself. <coughs> when you have a good laugh, it, it does have real effects and for a time as well Big doesn't time. it? time yeah mm. like the effects of a good laughter yoga session like if you were laughing for say half an hour I mean a laughter yoga session that will last you a few days so it'll teach you how to lighten up a little bit see the bright side you know you'll feel lighter in what you're doing negative things are of course still going to happen but it's how we react to them so what, how long is a, is a session typically? You go in and start off. How long does it take? Well, it depends on your age. So I work with people from age three to 93 at the minute. What about children? I'm fascinated by that. Do children take to this? Young, young kids don't really need laughter yoga because they okay. laugh all the time. Yeah. You know, you can go around and you can stimulate laughter with them if they need it, but they just laugh constantly. But say from about the age of 10, where kids start to get a little bit serious, they really, really love laughter yoga because it brings that playfulness out in them again, you know, and there's there's nothing competitive about laughter yoga at all. You're just laughing and you're right in the moment. So it it brings a it brings a child like self back. Yeah, so from about 10 years of age onwards, and you yeah. mentioned you work in uh, retirement homes yeah. and places like that as well. You mentioned the illnesses. So a session, you, you go into a session... It's not all inducing laughter because yoga is yoga. I presume you you follow a pattern for the different aspects of yoga itself. Oh yeah, well it depends on what you want. At the minute, I've I've trained as well in kids la or kids yoga teacher. I'm a trained kids yoga teacher. I'm also a wellness coach, and at the minute, I'm nearly coming to the end of my adult yoga teacher training course. So if you want just a standard laughter yoga class on its own, that would last about an hour. And we'd laugh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the benefits of laughter and why we need to do it. But we'll just laugh for half an hour and little exercises <laughs> end off with some nice relaxation. But I combine all of these things with normal yes. uh, yoga. So what is yoga? It's, I have it in my mind. I've never done a yoga session. Would you believe that in all the years? Uh, I'll have to you get you into one. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh. I yeah, can, yeah, we laugh. I can assure you of that. <laughs> It's it's about stretching, is it? Is it a workout? Katrina said to me upstairs, it's a workout, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Well, people think that yoga is very physical. The asanas, the postures of yoga is only one little part of yoga. There's also meditation, breath work. You know, um, you combine all these things together. You use your breath, you use your movement to make you feel better. Mm. So the combination of all. Yeah. You mentioned children. The other thing I spotted about you is that you work with companies oh, yeah. in businesses. Yeah. And I see IKEA mentioned here. Oh, IKEA, yeah. They were one of the ones, I think there were 600 people that day that I did Did you get them laughing? With. Yeah, they're great at laughing. 600 people <laughs> laughing in unison. You must yeah. have knocked the roof off the place, oh, did you? Oh, it was brilliant, yeah. Well, we were, we did, we split it up sessions. into different sessions, yeah, but okay. it was an amazing evening. And, and why would a business want, you know, their employees to experience laughter yoga? Well, lots and lots of business now are realising that for their business to be as profitable as they want, their staff needs to be as well and as happy as they can be. So they get people like me to come in and do laughter yoga. It, it really increases the team spirit, you know, and the bonding. And if you'll see as well, or I hope you'll see, 
if um, you laugh with someone, like say there could be bullying going on or a little bit of negativity between people, if you have a good laugh with someone, you then all of a sudden think they're okay. It you breaks know, down you've, those you've barriers. Bonded with them. Yes. Yeah, so that's why laughter yoga is so effective. So the penny is starting to drop with businesses that staff welfare is important. Oh, Isn't that great yeah. to hear after yeah. all this time? Oh, no, some yes. companies, seriously, some <laughs> companies have been very good at it and others in the middle ground and some's com- some completely indifferent to it. We know that, so there's always that in life uh, across the spectrum. So getting feedback, have, have you got feedback, you know, from sessions, you know, afterwards? Oh, yeah, like uh, a lot of people will say it can feel very uncomfortable. So at the time, some of their staff might be a little bit uh, reluctant, I suppose, to get involved. But they're a lot of the times the ones who get the most out of the session, you know, so they will go home and have a think about it, realising maybe that they're laughing at things that they didn't. Maybe they're all, they're laughing at me, whatever is getting them to laugh, I don't mind. But they seem to get a lot of, out of it, you know, as well as the people who are having the best laugh there, you know, but. Yes. Yeah. So helps in many ways, I'm sure. Performance, you're saying, companies are seeing that yeah. staff being in a good space is good for business. Definitely. And a lot of the bigger companies will know if they're having a very heavy meeting or something's happening, they'll do laughter yoga beforehand because it increases your creativity. It sends more oxygen to the brain, opens up that space. So they'll have something like laughter yoga before something very, very heavy. Mm. You know, so it's getting them into the space for... Yes. The community. Mm. You mentioned this as well. Laughter in the community. We all do need to maybe take light a little more likely because we're bombarded, aren't we, with difficulties? Personally, within our homes, in our communities every day of the week. How does that work? Will you go in and work with community groups? Yeah, different groups will contact me and say, will you come in and do a session? I was just with the Order of Malta recently, actually, and... Um, I worked with their young people who are involved with the Order of Malta. It's just a way of, it's giving people a chance to, I suppose, practice mindfulness in a more active way. Mm. You know, not everybody can sit down and meditate to improve their wellness, but there's not very many people who can't laugh. Now, mindfulness mindfulness came to your aid in your life at one stage, didn't it? Oh, it was a serious... Mindfulness was a big changing point in my life. I had worked... My background is... Uh, I was working in insurance for a good a long time and I developed postnatal depression after having my second child and I had two very, very tough years. At that stage, I didn't really understand anything to do with mental health at all you know um, and I was lost somebody suggested then for me to go to a mindfulness class I hadn't heard anything about it before then and that was eight years ago and since then like that just changed my life actually realising that I had control over my emotions and my feelings was a new thing to me and just learning how to stop take a breath and slow down really really changed my life you left the insurance industry yes. behind yeah. and started out on, on this new road now. You know when somebody's in the grip of that in postnatal depression, a lot of women suffer with it yeah. to a lesser or greater degree yeah. after, after having a baby. It's a dark time. Oh, it was. And at that stage, a lot of people weren't still weren't talking about mental health at all. You know, it was very dark. People thought still had the attitude that somebody who had postnatal depression was just tired, you know, and that good sleep might help you out. Or um, anybody who had mental health problems might have been looking for attention. That attitude was still there, you know, so it was very difficult for me. 
Um, and when I started doing all these things, after I did the mindfulness, the, the six week programme, I decided to keep going and trying out different wellness practices. And a lot of people thought it was a little bit crazy. <laughs> but um, it's all coming now. People are really seeing the benefits. You know, if you can take control holistically yourself of your wellness, I always say to people, prevention is far better than cure when it comes to your mental health. If you can prevent something from really taking a hold of you or something snowballing into a big, big problem, it's worthwhile. Mindfulness is something <clears throat> that's really centre stage at this stage. Talked about a few years ago, but now really has, as you say, you know, yeah. people are really focusing in on this. And, you know, there's ways of doing it, as as you alluded to. This is simple, isn't it, really? You really have to say to yourself, it's about the moment. The moment. Is that just it, in a nutshell? Yeah, being present, staying in the moment, and just accepting things how they are. Mm. The uh, other aspect is, and I just uh, wanted to mention this, hen parties, or women before they get married are on the run into the big day when there's a lot of stress, stress. and tension, as you know, in <laughs> yeah. lives. Yeah. Again, this has actually been shown to be something that helps there as well, yeah? Yeah, a lot of women now would contact you about hen parties who don't want to go on the, the booze cruise or, you know, the yes. cocktail making party or whatever you're doing. They want to, their families to come together before the, the wedding and have a good laugh, you know, and de-stress together. And it's a great way to start something off without the usual, I suppose. Uh, yes. The usual nonsense that goes on and all that surrounds that as well. So you've worked at some of these as yeah, well and you've been yeah. engaged and it's been positive also. So that covers the full spectrum, doesn't it? You start with children, as you say, from about 10 years of age. They do laugh when they're younger than that. I've just realised that myself. Yeah. Right through the, the life spectrum to senior citizens, communities, big occasions coming up in your life and the workplace. All applicable. A, a lot of application across the board, isn't yeah. there here? Everybody, everybody wants to improve their wellness. There's nobody who, who who's saying, no, I'm fine as I am. You know, everybody wants to move on, learn something new, and you never know what's going to grab somebody. Mm. You know, what they will really, like, as I said, mindfulness was my first thing that really took um, a hold of me, I suppose, that really grabbed my attention. Laughter yoga might be for someone else. The the physical practice of yoga might help someone else. So mm. everyone's trying to find their... Their way, I suppose. Their thing. Yeah, their thing. That helps them in the daily struggle that life can be. And now you make yeah. it a struggle. But I know for people at different times, it, it certainly is. What's another laugh? What did you do? You did the anger laugh with me. What was? Give me another one. Um, We will do... How about just... Can we do big loud laughter on the radio? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, put your hands out. Just, just don't... You're far enough back for that microphone there. What do, what do you want me to do here? Put my hands out... Wide. wide way wide apart. Way flat. Wide. Yeah. Palms up to the ceiling. And yes. after the count of three, I want you to throw your head up to the ceiling and just let the loudest laugh that you can out. So are you ready? Y you show me. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I go into a natural laugh when you do of that. Of course you do. It's contagious. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds, videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What am I like in here? Look, I mean, look at Louise then busting her backside laughing in the other studio. So we've got her laughing as well. It does. It, it does what it says on the tin, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So your business is stepstowellness.ie. That's you it. can check that out online. All the uh, information is there. I never heard of this before. And when Louise mentioned it to me, I said, I want to have a laugh with her on late lunch today. Well, and I go. really have. And the feeling I have even after that, you can feel it right through the your body, is. can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And you will probably say that to someone else later on and show them how to do it. And it's just a little ripple effect. I'm going to get the boys. I go for <laughs> my uh, Wednesday night club. I'm going to get the boys in the Wednesday night club to do this. <laughs> yeah, see how it goes. The very conservative men I have to say if I get them to do this it'll be a real achievement anyway Louise Carlin you've made us laugh keep them laughing it I is will the indeed. secret really is laughter thanks yoga me. thanks for coming in to late lunch today to talk to us about it thanks, thanks a million thanks Jerry yeah Cheryl Crow 1993 that one from her debut album Tuesday Night Music Club and all I want to do is have some fun it's what life is all about hi Jerry. thanks for the shout out one of the most positive things to come from our children's autism is the women I've met and who have become close to over the years and Carol in particular that's Carol Lennon who are talking to top of the show these women hold each other up in tough times there's no judgement and there's always support no matter how bad things get we usually see the funny side and we have a lot of laughs so for one World Autism Awareness Day, I would like to say thank you to my tribe. I'm proud to stand with you and I love you all. And that comes in from Trish Flood. Oh, what a lovely, lovely comment, Trish. And uh, lovely to hear from you. I did mention, Trish, when we were talking to Carol a little bit earlier on. Remarkable, remarkable people. And interesting, isn't it, that the Abacus School uh, for Children with Autism, Jacinta Walsh, the founder there, we say hello to Jacinta this afternoon, are uh, opening a sensory garden, a new sensory garden at the school at this time. And that is really great to see as well. Lots of strides forward. Up next on Late Lunch, I'm going to meet a trichologist. What you say? 
You better stay there to find out. My next guest on Late Lunch this Tuesday is a sixth-generation hairdresser from the Byrne Clan whose award-winning business celebrated its 60th anniversary last year. Based today at Corn Market in Navin, Liam Byrne owns Robert Byrne Hairdressing, where he's practicing. Where he's a practicing trichologist, one of only seven in Ireland, and he's in the guest seat on Late Lunch today. Liam, good to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. Come on, I've been teasing it all day, before the show, during the show, right up until now. Put them out of their misery. What is trichology? Well, trichology is the study of hair and scalp. So trichos is Greek for hair. Analogy is the study of. So that's where the name trichology comes from. Um, I'm a member of the Institute of Trichology and actually a board member um, of the Institute. It's my second stint. Um, and t- for me to become a member, it took six years to qualify because I'm not a doctor. I don't have a PhD in biochemistry or whatever. Um, the institute used to be very academic led, but more and more um, it's practical. There's more and more hairdressers studying it, which is great because it gets the message out to the, to the public and to patients. And um, it's it's a very, very interesting field. I was in London yesterday all day on a course on nutrition and hair. So my brain is a bit fried <laughs> today, to be perfectly honest with you. But it's a, it's a fascinating subject. And actually, as the years go on, I, I qualified as a member in 1990. I started studying in 1984. And um, I've never stopped learning. Mm. It's absolutely fascinating. Is trichology and the issues, we'll talk about those now that people present to you with um, a significant factor in the population Um, It it is each different condition would represent say a percentage of the population so approximately 2% of the population would suffer from alopecia areata likewise with um, psoriasis it's around 2% it is something that's increasing. It's hard to know, is it increasing because more people are suffering from hair and scalp disorders? Um, or is it just that people are, know about about it and are coming forward? Um, you know, in terms of, say, scalp conditions with, with dandruff, at least 50% of the population suffers from dandruff. It's a very, very common condition. Head and shoulders is the largest selling shampoo in the world. Does it do what it says on the bottle? Uh, it does, despite despite uh, everything that people are told about it. Yes, it does. There you have it. You heard it on late lunch this afternoon. The expert is telling you that. But dandruff per se is not like it's it's it can be embarrassing or maybe a little uncomfortable. Is is it is it serious? Is it a thing that we should take care of? Can we get rid of it? Uh, absolutely, um, because as I always say to people, your skin doesn't stop on your hairline. Your skin continues okay. back. Okay. So um, what actually causes dandruff, believe it or not, is a fungi. It's not a fungi like ringworm. It's a fungi that we all have. It's called Malesia. And um, it lives on the skin perfectly okay. What happens to people who are susceptible to dandruff or eczema um, is that essentially um, the natural oils that we secrete the sebum, uh, the chemical structure of it changes. Therefore, the, the fungi's dye changes. It secretes oleic acid and possibly arachidonic acid in some cases. The oleic acid irritates the scalp, so it causes the cells in the skin to multiply quicker, and hence you get these scaling. The arachidonic acid is responsible for the inflammation. Um, But yes, definitely it is something, because what happens is if it's not treated, people scratch it, they 
dirt under their fingernails causes a secondary infection. Okay. It's very easy to So treat. it leads and it can lead into something more yes, serious. Exactly. So it should be dealt with. A shampoo, you mentioned a brand of shampoo there. What else? What else can you do to, to rid yourself of dandruff? Okay, it depends on, I mean, this is a great question because it's one I'm asked the whole time. It depends. So, for example, men like you and I with short hair, a shampoo is quite sufficient. Women are slightly different because they've got longer hair. So if you just use a shampoo, for example, and you're using it on wet hair, generally the active ingredient in the shampoo because of the water in the hair is diluted. Um, so if the active ingredient was, for example, 1%, it's diluted up to 100 times. So in many cases, particularly most women have got long hair now, um, I always recommend using a pre-shampoo treatment. So you can apply the necessary ingredients wherever you need to on the scalp, leave it on for about 10 or 15 minutes, rinse it off, shampoo it with the shampoo, and then if necessary, apply a lotion afterwards. And what's that pre-treatment? What are you using there? What's the substance? Again, it depends on the severity of the condition, but for most conditions, I use a treatment called Renew Therapy. It's antimicrobial. It's also moisturising, and that's very important as well because people think of dandruff, you know, that they... They just need to clear the scalp. But it's very important also to moisturise the scalp as well. Now, when you talk about washing the hair, this is the one. They're all out there with bated bread. <laughs> Come on, Liam, today, put us all right. How often should you wash your hair? You can wash your hair every day if you want to. It's not a problem. Um, just as you'd wash your skin every day. Um, essentially, so long as you use a good quality shampoo and conditioner. Um, the natural oils are generally replaced within a half an hour of washing it. Um, that's the secret to using a shampoo. Shampoos should be able to wash the hair without overwashing it. So again, um, the likes of you and I would wash it maybe every day in the shower. Women are slightly different because it involves if they wash it every day, they then have to style it every day. But there's no reason why you can't wash it every day. Health scalp is hugely important because, you know, if your scalp is not healthy, you won't have healthy hair. You hear of people of the no-wash fraternity, yeah. especially men, you know what I mean, yeah. who don't wash for a long, long time, and they say the natural oils come out and everything is fine. You'll have people that maybe don't wash every day, every second day or third day. What do you say to those? It's a very, very difficult question. Um, my own personal opinion is that, um, and there's no right or wrong to this in the sense of I wouldn't insult anybody who, who is of that belief, um, my own personal opinion is that you shouldn't not wash your hair, to be perfectly honest with you, because there are sebaceous glands, there's sweat glands on the scalp as well. If you don't wash your body and you walk around after a while, it does smell, likewise with your hair. Um, you know, when you see very, very magnified, electron magnified images of the hair that hasn't been washed, uh, you'd see why it's necessary to wash because it it. it you know, there's oil on the hair, which then attracts dust and debris and so on and so forth. Um, likewise with the scalp, because um, you're creating the more scaling that's on the scalp, the more surface area that's on it. So you're providing an ideal breeding ground for this fungi that I was talking about to multiply. If you have any questions, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text to Liam this afternoon. Now, come back to the conditions. You dealt with dandruff there a moment ago. Let's talk about uh, alopecia and the receding hairline that, you know, a lot of people suffer from. Yeah. Um, Well, alopecia is just an umbrella name for hair loss. Everybody associates the name alopecia with alopecia areata, which is the bald patches, the autoimmune disorder. 
But say, when you talk about a receding hair loss, you mean, say, in men? Yes. Okay. So um, that condition is called androgenic alopecia. And essentially, um, you know, most men suffer from it because it's genetic. So what actually happens is our puberty, um, we start converting testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, both men and women, not just men. The first thing you see it is uh, as acne and also second body, body hair. So, for example, the beard starts a hair under the arms and so on and so forth. But in people with a predisposition to uh, uh, dihydrotestosterone, sorry, so the they, testosterone is converted into dihydrotestosterone. People with a predisposition, what it does is it causes the hair follicles over a period of time to miniaturize and therefore the hair that they produce gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And hence, in a pattern in men, um, you don't go bald, you don't lose your hair, it's just the hair gets finer and finer and finer. And over the years, your hairline starts to recede, uh, both at the front and also at the crown. Should you just accept that, Lee? That's, that's life, that's, uh, you've uh, got it in your genes mm. from previous generations. What about it? Live with it, accept it. Uh, it depends very much, Jerry, on the individual person. Some men can't, uh, some men can. Uh, the younger that you, you look about it, the more successful the treatment may be. There's no guaranteed treatment that will work in everybody. So therefore, um, the two FDA or Food and Drugs Administration recognised treatments for it are um, Regain, Minoxidil, um, and also um, Propecia is the brand name, Finasteride is the active ingredient. They both work differently. Finasteride is a ta- in a tablet form, and what it does is it stops the testosterone from being converted into dihydrotestosterone, and it's very effective, and particularly the younger that you start it. Um, you have to be aware, though, that there are potential side effects to taking any drug. So therefore, do the potential side effects outweigh um, any benefits that you may uh, uh, get? And then with the minoxidil, it works by uh, making the hair grow for longer. So therefore, the fibre that it produces or the hair fibre that it produces is thicker. So therefore, it gives your hair more body. So Regain does work? Yeah, the the foam, I'm not a great, I've never been a fan of the lotion. So the 5% foam, yeah. Um, it doesn't work in all cases. Mm. And basically people combine the two together. They use the, the um, finasteride and the uh, minoxidil together. Transplantation of hair. Yeah. Hair transplants do work. Um, um, what you do with a hair transplant is you take the hair from an area that's not affected by the dihydrotestosterone, which is at the back of your head. Um, you take the hair from there and you literally transplant it to an area that you need to fill. So typically that would be around the, the front hairline. Always remember that you can't transfer enough hair. So typically a hair transplant would be about 2,000 hairs. But you've got about... Um, you know, anywhere between 250 and 500 hairs per square centimetre. So you're never going to be able to cover the hair the way that it was. So it's very important that a surgeon will cover the hair um, to create um, the look, a full look, particularly around the hairline. And secondly, age is very important. I'm constantly asked by young men about hair transplants and very often they're too young because you have to be able to tell where they're going to go. So if you get their hairline, you know, hairs transplanted into the hairline and they continue to lose hair for their back, 
then they can be left with an oasis of hair at the front and nothing behind. Okay, yes, our own Eamon Duffy here on LMFM had it done and he looks really well, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, it's yeah. worked fantastically yeah, well they for are, Eamon, you know? They are very, very good, yeah, to be perfectly excellent. honest with you. Yeah. Excellent. But all these conditions, these conditions, as you said, alopecia is the umbrella term for, for a lot of conditions. What about hair thinning for women when, when hair thins? Yeah, well, again, um, there's two names on that condition. There's female androgenic alopecia or female patent hair loss. And essentially, it's the same uh, condition where the, the hydrotestosterone causes miniaturization of the hair follicle and a speeding up of the growth, the, the growing part of the cycle. Um, I don't want to get too technical, but yeah. essentially, again, what it does is it causes miniaturization of the hair follicle and therefore the hair fibre um, becomes thinner. Uh, women are slightly different in that in men it tends to be just a typical horseshoe area on the top of the head. With women, it's not just the top of the head that can affect, but it can also affect the sides and the back as well. Um, and again, um, you know, the, the typical thing that women notice is a widening of the central parting. Um, they notice that over the years. About four in ten women after the menopause can experience this as well. I have heard that no matter what I do, looks dry and sheep-like. Can you recommend a treatment? (laughs) (laughs) Dry hair. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, dry hair, you know, it's it's a natural texture, so it's very important to moisturise. Um, um, so therefore what you should be looking for is a shampoo and a, and a treatment that, that essentially adds moisture to the hair um, like <laughs> <laughs> well I actually as part of my job as a trichologist I actually help uh, develop products so one that I, I develop is is a product called Botia Elements it's made by a small Belgian company called Karen and they have an excellent shampoo it's called Repair and Moisture so it's a shampoo and then the, uh, it's a mask that you leave on for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and that's really important. It, using a, a traditional conditioner where you just wash, rinse it on or, or put, apply it and rinse it off doesn't get a chance for the active ingredients to be absorbed into the hair. Does diet affect your scalp? Diet is hugely important in terms of both your scalp and your hair. Um, I could literally spend all day, especially after yesterday, because it's spent all day doing it. it. It is very, very important to have a good, balanced and healthy diet. Um, I can't stress that enough. So, yes, uh, say we were talking about dandruff. So one of the factors with dandruff um, would be that if your diet is very bad, so if you're eating a lot of processed food and you have a genetic predisposition to uh, to dandruff, then you sure as hell will get dandruff, yes. So it is very, very So important. that's one example. Oh, we'll have yeah. to have you back with us again. There's so much in this. I, I'm not going to get to the tip of it today. Here's another one. Should you give your hair a break from GHDs and hair colour or is it GHOs, is it? GHDs. Sorry, it's um, GHDs uh, and hair colour, or are they harmless? Okay, well, GHD stands for Good Hair Day. And essentially, um, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with GHDs. As a hairdresser, they're very, very handy, and obviously in terms of, of uh, that, but as a trichologist, I absolutely hate them. Um, GHDs, by default, particularly the old ones, um, have a, a, a default heat setting of 220 degrees. Um, now, as you can imagine, you boil water at 100, 100 degrees. You do indeed. Um, so it, they're very, very hot. 
What they actually do is, um, and there was an absolutely brilliant programme about two years ago on BBC Panorama, uh, Horizon it was, where they were in the lab with GHDs and they actually showed the damage that they do to the hair. So essentially they break down what are called the disulfide bonds in the hair, the heat does, and it, it alters the structure of the hair. So therefore, constant use damages the hair and you see that as split ends and broken hair but they're very very addictive and therefore uh, very very hard to give up so uh, the new ones um, as far as I'm aware have a temperature set at 185 degrees but certainly if people are going out to buy hair straighteners they should certainly be able to regulate the temperature on them keep them 185 degrees or under in terms of hair colour uh, hair colour itself won't damage the hair, but over-processing with colour will damage the hair. So in terms of the hardest uh, type of colour on your hair is bleaching, so the types of balayage and so on and so forth. So what I would recommend is that if anybody is not sure that they go along to the hairdresser and ask them for a strand test, they'll take a, a sample of your hair, they'll, they'll do whatever it is that you want them to do with it, and then you'll be able to see the potential damage and colour that you will get. Uh, with it and um, work with your hairdresser uh, because as I said it's it, as a hairdresser it's getting more and more difficult because people put colour in their hair they want to change their colours more often and ultimately over processing the hair w- with colour or bleach will definitely have an effect on it but colour per se no Absolutely not. Let's take another one. Can you recommend a shampoo to use for scalp psoriasis? I've tried several but nothing seems to work. Okay, well, psoriasis is an autoimmune disorder. It's essentially, uh, again, where the skin cells multiply much quicker than they would normally do. So it normally takes approximately a month to get from the bottom of the cells, the germinating layer in the epidermis, to the stratum corneum at the top. With psoriasis, that, that process really speeds up and can take you know between four and seven days. So in terms of treating it, a shampoo generally is not enough. You need to use something. So, you know, the most common one that a doctor will prescribe is a steroid. Steroids uh, suppress the immune system, so therefore that's how they work. The problem with steroids is that when you stop using them and the, the you know, the condition comes back and sometimes worse than it was. Um, I personally like to use coal tar and salicylic acid. It's not very pleasant to use, but it's very effective. Um, but there is no, you know, one size fits all. It's very much dependent on the person. But definitely shampoo on its own, generally, I find, doesn't work. You have to use a treatment with it. We better not leave the greasy hair brigade out. <laughs> There's a couple of um, questions there. What can we use? My hair is so greasy. And that's come in a number of times to us there. Yeah. Uh, again, it's a very, very common condition, particularly, you know, with, with, you know, children around puberty, because, again, as I said, hormone levels are changing and, so, and the sebaceous glands become more active. Uh, always look for a shampoo with zinc. Zinc basically um, controls the amount of DHT or dihydrotestosterone on, on the scalp and in doing so will actually slow down the, the, the sebaceous glands. Um, so therefore, again, um, shampoos with zinc in them. It, it, it was always thought, oh, use a very strong shampoo to wash the grease out of the hair. Yes, it washes the grease out of the hair, but it, does actually, it doesn't do anything to slow it down. So zinc PCA is a very good ingredient in a shampoo, um, which will help that way. If it's very greasy, you can, again, use a lotion at 
night time um, leave it on at night and then wash it off in the morning um, and again Botia, the Botia elements have a, a, sh- a sebum control shampoo which we, we did because it's a very very common condition yeah I have lots more questions. You'll have to come back to us again. I'll hold them over, I promise you. Thank you to everybody who's been in touch. And there is much more there. uh, And we will get back to them with Liam. Liam operates out of Robert Byrne Hairdressing on the Corn Market in Navin. You can contact him there. He's a trichologist. He specialises in scalp conditions. Do you want to give your number out? Uh, yeah, it's uh, sorry. Uh, It's 046-9021176 or 90-71100. And we have those numbers, and we will have off 1850-715-958. If you want to ring in, we'll pass them on to you. Fascinating, I have to say, what you do. Thank you for joining me. Will you come back? I will, definitely. Before you go, you have a job to do. Your nephew, Cal, is 21 when? He's 21 today. And you want to? I want to wish him a very happy birthday. And we join in that as well. And for him, especially on this 21st special day, it's George Ezra and Shotgun. For the moment, Liam Byrne, thank you. You're very welcome. Homegrown alligator, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. The sun ain't changing the atmosphere, architecture unfamiliar. I could get used to this. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top. That I'm dreaming of If you need me, you know where I'll be I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone Posted the pictures of signs of spring online You're trying to identify them all in numbers and thank you to everybody who's got involved so what are they there's only one lady to consult she's a biologist an environmental consultant nature she loves and champions on television radio and right across the media and of course she hails from County Louth Aina Neelown is on the line afternoon Aina Hello Jerry. how are you doing are you well I'm great thank you so much for taking our call did you get me we email I did. I got your wee email on my wee mobile phone, so I hope I'm able to see the pictures big enough to look at them. Anyways. But I have, a, I have a stab at them all if you want. Okay. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what have people been saying? What do you want? Well, well I, I have to say to you, Aina, of the six of them, number one and six have proved the most difficult. So let's go through them one to six. So number one, what do you call number one as? Number one, I think number one is a thing called the lesser celandine. It's like a buttercup. It's got yellow flowers. And it has heart-shaped leaves. Would you agree with that? I would. And I'll tell you, I took the picture near a little stream. Is that where it generally grows? It likes to be in wetters enough places. And it's one of the very early flowers of spring. you You only see it in springtime. You don't see it again any other time of year. No, you're right. And I agree with you there. A lot of people were saying buttercup. That's why it proved a little difficult. But lesser yeah, celandine... It's a buttercup family because buttercups, I mean, there's lots of different buttercups. But that one actually has eight petals, so it's a celandine rather than a buttercup. OK, so, and we have people who got it as a lesser celandine. So that's number one. Now, number... Right. number them full marks, yeah. <laughs> full marks of them. So number two, there are catkins on this plant. That's right. So it's obviously a tree. Yes, 
So it's a willow tree, pussy willow. Yes, it is. I agree with you there. It's a pussy willow tree. And you know what, Aina? There were loads of bees round this. It just goes to show how important it is to have food for insects. They were gathered in the pollen because bees feed their babies with pollen. And, you know, uh, we were only talking last week to the beekeepers in Loud, Owen McGillicuddy, who was bemoaning the loss of habitat and flowers for the bee and insect populations. And when I saw this, I thought, my God, there's something now at this time of the year that's really helping them along. That's good. I see the rapeseed is out as well. I've just played and passed yes. it there earlier on today. And, of course, the, the flowers in the rapeseed are seed for the bees as well, because the rapeseed is early, that yellow flower you see in fields. Okay, so number two mm. is the pussy willow. Number three, yeah. sure, everybody knows this one, Aina. It's the pissy bed. Or <laughs> oh, dandelion, to be more polit- politically correct. Well, we're not, no, we're not being impolite at all. If you look at the word in French, it's called piss on lee, because if you eat the leaves, they act as a diuretic. Yes. So it's not a made-up job at all. <laughs> it was used long ago as a cure for dropsy and things that affected people before we started paying big money to the doctors. So if you have a big swollen leg, you eat the dandelion leaves and you can have an accident in the bed if you're not being careful. There you go. So Pissy Bed is the name or dandelion. We'll take either. And the lovely yellow flowers, again, is a mecca for the bees. It is, absolutely. Dandelions are really good. So if you want to do one thing for the, one thing for the bees this year, wait until the dandelion is finished flowering. You don't have to leave its head on or its blocks. They might want your garden full of clocks. But at the same time, if you leave the flower, it just gives them a little start because they always come out in a great burst, the dandelions do in springtime, and there's loads of them about at the minute. So leave them there and then cut their heads off when it goes into seeds. But but keep the flowers because it's really good for the bees. They have nectar in them as well, which is important. OK, one, two, three are sorted. Number four, Aina. Number four. Number four is, is, is um, what they say about this one. When kissing is out of season, this tree is out of bloom. This is what we have three names. It's called Whins, it's called Gorse, it's called Furs, it's called Atchin in Irish. But a Whins is an northern word for it. So Whinbush is what you'd have it in Louth, I suppose. Yes, and the yellow, vibrant yellow flower, and I can smell the coconut. Smell the coconut, it's absolutely gorgeous. Smell the niece biscuits, actually, even more than yes. coconut. That whole niece biscuit. Remember the niece biscuits? I do, right? indeed. The same smell also. <laughs> it has. So there's different names for this. Ulex is the Latin name, but quay winds or, or um, furs or gorse. Okay, and a lot of people have got that one absolutely right. What did you say about the kissing again? Say that to me. Oh, yeah. When the gorse is out of bloom, kissing is out of season. Oh. Now, kissing, as you know, is never out of season, really. <laughs> and the gorse is never out of bloom. There's always flowers on the bloom. We have two different species in Ireland. We have a spring one, which is at, at the moment, and we have an autumn one. Mm. But they don't keep their season, so you get them. You get it in every month of the year. But at the moment, we're getting a great show of spring one, the northern one, which is all around at the minute. And it's lovely and smells gorgeous. Oh, it does. It do mm. your heart good. Now, number oh, five is a little yellow pretty flower that's abundant. And it is, Aina. It's on Sourkeen, the primrose. Yes. And the primrose, of course, is lovely. And it's a, if you know the way kids go on saying things are cool, but if you actually look at the primrose, primroses really are the definition of the word cool in the sense of being calm and, you know, damp and gorgeous. You just leave them there and not pull them. But they are absolutely the real sign of spring, I think. They are indeed. And then finally, number six. Now, this proved to be difficult, and I'll tell you why in a moment. What do you say number six, the picture is? 
I'd say number six is Blown Arnia. It's a tree in all the fields, if, if, if I have it right. And it has flowers on it, but no leaves. Yep. And that is the blackthorn. And there's the slows in the autumn time. And the blackthorn gets its flowers first, and then its leaves. Whereas the hawthorn later on gets the leaves first, and then the flowers. Exactly. That's what I'd say it is. Unless it's some kind of a rare and exotic. No, no, Aina, you're right. It's, it's, if it's out of the hedges then it is actually the blackthorn, the slow. It is. There's not a leaf on it at the minute, but it's yeah. the vibrant white flower that you can see in mass. Flowers. And again, and you see it not being grown wild in the hedge. That's it. That's, that's, that, that's what that is. Now, do you know how that slow, fo- foxed yeah. uh, our listeners and our online no, population? They all yeah. called it whitethorn. No, it's not, you see, because it's blackthorn. Blackthorn is the right name for it. It's the... It's the um, because the black, if they look at the white thorn properly, the white thorn is the hawthorn, and the white thorn has its leaves first. And yes. at the moment, the leaves are coming out on the white thorn, and they'll get their flowers later on. They're called the Mayflowers. How do you have the Mayflowers at the beginning of bloody <laughs> April, you know? I mean, where are they coming from? Because these have been in flower for the last two weeks. Yes. So, so there's no point to be the expert, Jerry, unless I know more than I I know, Aina, and you know something? You are 100% right. You've got them all absolutely spot on. And unfortunately... Do I get surprised? Mo- <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, let me tell you. I have a little, little, little uh, addition to tell you on this. You see, the white thorn and the first one, which they said was buttercup, really threw a lot of people. But I have to say, quite a lot of people got the celandine. And there's one... Celandine was the first one. That was the one you said they didn't get. Yes. Now, there is one, would you believe this, in all the entries, loads and loads of white thorns, which you've clarified is wrong. It is a black thorn bloom that that is. And that ultimately leaves you with a little slow berry later in the year, right? That's right, on Ireland. And what town in Ireland is called after... Ballinasloe. No, it's not. <laughs> Ballinasloe is Baylon. That's the town of the forces. Killarney, the church of the slow. And where's Killarney? Killarney. Killarney oh my God, yeah. I've learned That's something cool. brilliant yeah. from you today. That's yeah, my that stupid guess, Ballinasloe. Anyway, I'll tell you, Aina, uh, what I'm going to do. There is a lady called Nolene McKenna who got five and she did say number six was the damson tree. So I think we'll give it to Nolene, will we? Yeah, because the damson tree is a relation of the plum tree yes. and the plum tree is is the wild slow. Absolutely. Slow, Absolutely. Slow, slow, slow. So Nolene... So if, she, if she's the best, yeah. Yes. She should get the thousand pounds that she's <laughs> I wish. She gets a 50 euro shop local version. Well done to you, Nolene. We'll be in touch. Aina, before you go, I have a couple of minutes. I just want to ask you something. You were at the opening of the new walk round Townley Hall, Tully Allen recently. That's right. I was opening up the new walk round King William's Glen. Yes. Down from Tully Allen down to the Boyne. Yeah, we had a great day on Saturday doing that, I have to say. It was a, pre, a pre-event for National Tree Week. Is this is National Tree Week. And I was up in, in um, Catalina's Day planting trees with the kids there, you know? Great stuff. And you did say, get them out, get them climbing trees, get children out into nature. No, I didn't. I said children are mollycoddled <laughs> because they're being minded by their mammies and, and 40% of Irish kids have never climbed a tree. Isn't it's that? up to parents to decide whether their children climb trees or not. But, yeah. you know, get them out, get them into the woodlands, get their heads out of their bloody telephones and their iPads and their everything else and go out. And if you feel the urge to climb a tree and you feel quite safe and, you know, I wouldn't you? That you climb trees in your work after. I did and fell out of them. I know your mammy wouldn't let you. Come there, there, you'll be killed. <laughs> so it's not as if your mammy encourages to climb trees. So I'm not encouraging anyone to climb trees. I don't want them all suing me. But, you know, you should be out there. You should be playing in the woodlands. You should be out in nature because it's really good for your mental health. 
and it's a lovely time of the and year. And that's what I was doing in, in down below in County in, in, in Tully Allen there. I was encouraging people to stop being mollycoddled, sitting in for two hours looking at your screens, get out and about, particularly when the weather was so lovely last week. And if you felt the urge to climb a tree, well, I, that would be grand too, wouldn't it? It would, absolutely. But I couldn't agree with you more. Too much time indoors or ever. Get them out in the open, get them uh, understanding and enjoying what's there naturally as well. There's loads of it everywhere, all around yeah, the place. Yeah, look at all the flowers you've got. Yeah. I mean, if, if people go out with their kids, there's not grand too. I mean, they don't have to go out by themselves. People are a bit reluctant to let their kids out on their own. But go out with them. Nobody says you can't go with them, you know? No, absolutely not. Amy, you've done me a favour today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Not at all, Amy. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye now. Bye bye. That's Aina Neelana there. She's a fantastic woman. She really is just a champion of nature and the environment. I love her to bits and she's always promoting it. And she's dead right there. That's just one new walk that has begun, uh, has opened up recently. But there's walks everywhere. Nature is taking off. Get them out. Show them. Teach them. Let them know what this world is about that we live in. You can look at it on a bloody phone, fine. But there's nothing like being out there, enjoying the air, exercising, walking, absorbing nature, understanding what it is. I'll tell you one thing, it's the greatest gift that I was given by my father to hand this on to me. The love of the garden and growing things, the love of animals, the love of the outdoors, the love of sporting pursuits and sport. He gave that to me, so he did. And I always thank him for it because it's something I've carried with me all my life. And if you give that to your children, you'll give them the most precious gift. I promise you that. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us and we leave you with uh, ah, one I love. I love this song every time I hear it. It's the real thing and I will say that nature and the sporting life is everything to me. See you tomorrow at half one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.